Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet. You sound less coy this time when you said, what's up, Mike? Uh, what's uh, what? You sounded less coy this time when you said, what's up, Mike? I had to listen. I, for some reason, I had to listen to part of the last one and you were like, hi, Mike. And it just sounded like, so like, it just sounded really funny. The last one. This time you sounded real natural. You were like, what's up, Mike? <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you about that. I just well, I, say I it how I say it. Talk for 15, 20, 30 minutes before this starts. So by the time we start recording the regular episode, you're kind of like, well, hello, as if, like, you know, we haven't already <laughs> oh, uh, oh, engaged yeah, yeah, in yeah, conversation, right. however long. Yes, know. and you can't, if you want to hear that extra nonsense of us talking, you can uh, <laughs> join the Patreon at uh, what, a certain Patreon. level. Patreon.com forward slash Dark Art Society, and it's the $5 tier, and you get a weekly pre-roll, which is Chet and I just basically busting each other's balls for 15 minutes before the start of the <laughs> regular episode. <laughs> it's fun, though. We end up talking about personal stuff, yeah. and sometimes they go long. Yeah. If you go for 10, you get the you get the uh, mini podcast, which is, you know, like 20 minutes more of us just jabbering. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, ways to buy into our jabber. <laughs> well, how have you been? Oh, I'm good. I'm been super busy. But the one thing I can say is despite how difficult things continue to be my emotional body is not fluctuating as greatly. So I'm, I'm more on a main line. If you look like, better, you know, you look better. Uh, yeah, well, like bef- before I was saying you looked, you know, like skinny and, and kind of, you know, distraught, mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> I oh, mean, just well, like I, I, could, I could see it on your face sometimes like, Oh my God, poor Mike is really struggling <laughs> here. Every time he's like getting thinner and thinner and looking more <laughs> upset on his face. And uh, now you look pretty good and, you know, calm and you don't look like you lost any more weight or anything. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've kind of like pointed <laughs> off. I think I got to that point where it was like, you know, there's nowhere lower to go. So like, really, only where only where to go is up. Down that low, yeah, you know? up or death. So, no, but I think I just get, you know, I've, I've I've divorced myself from from being as preoccupied with the anxieties related to all of it. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that one way or another, is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna behave any differently. I'm gonna continue to do all the same things either way. So I could be all worried about it or not. And you know, we don't always have that choice. But right now I have that lucky little leverage point where I'm I'm able to have that choice and I'm exercising. And it is it making me feel better. That's good. Better. So, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. You look better too, even though I know you're overwhelmed. I mean, you're kind of always overwhelmed, but you know, you don't uh, you don't seem quite as frantic as you have in weeks past here. Yeah, well, I hide it well. But, yeah, but I could see that. <laughs> that's because I burned out and had to stop on Sunday and just not do anything on Sunday. That's why you, I, I knew that was going to happen. Too. Yeah, I spit out you because that, that's why I didn't come back to the computer that day. I was <laughs> like, hey, he's not even going to want to talk. Check it out. I'm just going to leave now. And then I came back today and got on the computer and I was like, oh, yeah, look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just I, that's just my 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 way. I just get too overwhelmed and then I just my brain shuts down and my body shuts down and I take a rest day. <clears throat> well, I still lobby for the fact that you should just take every Sunday off and then you wouldn't be forced into a corner of just being wrecked for a whole day. I know, but day off a week. W- weekends are my time to catch up on everything that I didn't get done during the week. Take, 
Well, then take off a Thursday, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all the same. You know what I mean? Take one day off. A I know. Week, or, or I know. Every, I know. Every two weeks. Start. Start small. Every two weeks. I know. Make I yourself know. take a day off. I know. All right, I'm done. We we need to introduce our guest anyway. Yes. Today, we have a uh, a really great artist that I met at Monster Palooza, I think, way back when. Um, He's kind of like a dark fantasy illustrator, fine artist, I guess you could say. But he is here on the show, and let me introduce you to Tom Baxa. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, Didn't we meet at Monster Palooza? Was it Designer Con or no, it was a monster palooza. Uh, I remember because I was starting to see a lot of your work around, and I'm like, I got to meet this guy. And when I saw that you were going to be at Monster Palooza, I stalked you for a couple of days and got your routine <laughs> done. <No. laughs> I, I was like, I got, I got to make sure I get over to his booth. And so I, I think that's how we first met. And uh, cool, you know, I, I make it an effort to try and see you when when we're at the same show together and things like that. Yeah, you gave me the pig fetus, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that, came from, that came from Tom. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because that that pig fetus has a, has a, a cameo, and I like to pay monsters. Oh, that's right, right. It's does a, it really? Yeah, it's a it's a it does. It's yeah. He, he he. There's a lot of B-roll on there of him shooting my uh, my you know shelves and stuff in my studio, and the the freeze dried fetal pig is in there. Nice. No, no hey. studio is complete without one. <laughs> it, it definitely made an impression on me. I, that was one. That was probably the coolest thing I got from the whole show. Was that fetal pig? <laughs> nice. I birthed it myself. It's like a, it's like a, a mummified fetal pig. It's so amazing. You can see the bones. And anyway, so Tom's art is is really awesome. Um, did you start? You started doing like. And what, what have you kind of branched out on your own fairly recently, right? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I've been a fantasy illustrator for, you know, like 30 years and I, wow. that's why I started. I, I was, um, doing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons art and stuff in that gaming community, mm-hmm. the RPG tabletop stuff. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I was also inking comics in the early mm-hmm. days, uh, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I've been a fantasy illustrator most of my career and, uh, I always had, you know, kind of a dark slant to what I was doing and mm-hmm. always trying to push the boundaries a little, but you know, I, I'm sure you heard this a lot too. Most of us do that, you know, oh, the art's great. It's awesome, but it's a little too dark, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we old. can't print that or whatever, you know, right, right. So, uh, so I was, I was always kind of pushing that stuff, but yeah, more and more like, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I started, you know, thinking about what do I want to be doing on my own of my own stuff that I can grow and, mm-hmm. and build off of. And I started scaling back on the illustration a little bit and was developing some of my own things. And I've, I've gone through a lot of different stages where I, I actually developed a collectible card game oh. similar to oh, Magic. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was shopping it around, uh, trying to get it published by some of the card game companies, uh, you know, years ago. And that didn't quite strike. And then, you know, you kind of put 
put that iron down and pick up another one and go, okay, let me go in this direction and yeah. play with this a little bit. So, you know, I, I've been bouncing around a little bit, trying different things, uh, and all the while kind of keeping an eye on what I really want to do. Yeah. And yeah. And, and which you've, you guys have found and know how important that is to try and really follow your passion. Right. Uh, but you know, it's, it's hard because when you're developing stuff, you know, I'm writing a novel, uh, that's a long fricking process. So, you know, when you're developing, you're not always bringing in the dough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's really similar. Uh, it sounds like kind of a similar story to to me in a way because when I when I was in makeup effects, I I was I kind of started to try and get out of it after you know Jurassic Park and computer animations. I could see the writing on the wall, and um, I started you know a little digital company at one point, and I was trying to get work that way, and and um, that didn't quite work, so I moved on to you know, trying different things and eventually f settled on the thing. Well, why don't I just do the thing I really want to do, you know? Right. And, um, here I am complaining all the time about <laughs> how broke I am all the time, but happy. That's your, that's the, that's Chet's funniest thing. And he says to me all the time, as he says, nowadays, he says, follow your bliss straight into the poor house. <laughs> Just like, of course, tongue in cheek, cause you know, we both know better, but it's, and that's why it's kind of a funny joke, yeah, but it's like, yeah, yeah. sometimes it feels that way. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. But you know, we got to be careful with our words and, and just, you know, cause I do the same thing, you know, I'm like, yeah. You know, people are like, Oh, you're making art for a living. I'm like, yeah, it's great. But I'm, you know, I'm fucking broke all the time and yeah. fight fighting that monster. And, uh, but we, we just got to believe. And I, I think, I think you guys are really good at that. And, uh, you know, I was listening to your, the podcast on magic and, and intention. And, uh, I, I think it's so true. Even if you're not consciously trying to, uh, create something, as long as you're staying in a positive zone and not going, you know, making it work against you by complaining all the time, yeah. you're way ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're all, we're all creating these unconscious, you know, dynamics all the time anyway. So it's really kind of a matter of becoming more aware of the dynamics we're engaged in so that we can have some role in those. Cause it's like, you know, that's, that, that really is the reality of it. As much as we want to say that, you know, we're, we're intentional most of the time. I wish I was, but you know, I, I, we're all operating by a lot of base drives that we're not even necessarily conscious of. And so we're creating these dynamics in our life sometimes that are not necessarily the most productive for us. So like you said, if you can maintain a, a certain level of just general positivity, that's going to taint whatever it is that you're focusing with that positivity. Yeah. And, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you you seem like a really positive guy to me. Every time I talk to you, you seem kind of like upbeat and happy. Is that true? <laughs> well, so you're just faking we'll it like me. <laughs> no, exactly. We'll have to ask my girlfriend. Uh, I try to be. Uh, I think um, I've been uh, most of my life. I've been more of a solitary type guy, and um, I, I think sometimes that comes with sometimes being in your own head a little bit uh -huh. you're looking at what is and going gosh i want something better right. so sometimes it's hard to stay positive but excuse me i gotta take a drink that air 
<laughs> you better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> a real creature just fall down my. He's, he's got a he's got a toad that just crawls down. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I'll say this while your voice is recovering. Your girlfriend's awesome. She was super, oh. super cool. I really enjoyed talking to her. It's like every once in a while you meet someone and it's like, oh, you just kind of automatically click with them. She seems super nice and really supportive of your, your work. She seemed to kind of be aware of everything that, you know, you're going through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's really great. She's uh very supportive mm-hmm. and understanding of my plight and <laughs> the effort, you know, yeah. that goes into making our being an artist and so she's really great uh, yeah but yeah, yeah she's got a good soul <laughs> yeah it comes yeah. through yeah yeah totally totally um yeah so let's see how long have you been doing uh focusing on doing your own kind of fine art stuff yeah you know it's funny because it it yeah. is fairly new yeah that's, uh, that's what i thought it doesn't feel that way to me but I think I've been more recently making a concerted effort. I'm starting to show in galleries a little bit, which I never used to do. Mm-hmm. In fact, I never really wanted to. Uh, one of the neat things about when I was an illustrator, I could do a piece of art, and if I liked it, I'd keep it. Right. If I if it didn't, because I already got paid to do it. So right. uh, if I didn't like it as much, or it's not one of my favorites, then I have an opportunity to sell it and make some money. Right. But right. if you're making pieces trying to make a living by showing them in a gallery so that they sell it always in my mind was like how do people do that like if i do a piece and i'm like oh i really nailed it on this one i really love this one and then you gotta go sell it yeah well it was always kind of most of the time it doesn't sell so that's that's how you do it (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) i wish that was that was the problem but uh, well, <laughs> it, they, but, least, yeah. you know, they don't sell that easily for me. I mean, they, 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 I sell obviously, but they're not, you know, a lot of times I'll that mermaid painting I thought was a sure sell hasn't sold huh. from that Chris Velasco show. I was no, kind of surprised yeah, I, about I, that. Color me wrong on that one. Too. I'm telling you, it's, you can never predict it. That's why I never, I, I really try and uh, avoid it. Cause I've been disappointed enough times and know how it goes, you know, things art yeah. sells in its own time. But let me ask Tom. So, or I, just out of clarification, so I understand, are you saying that there are pieces that you you like enough that you would just not want to sell? You would want to keep them for your for yourself? Is that the the hang up with the gallery thing? Yeah, I think that happens for me a little bit. Uh, okay. I, I don't I don't generate a ton of art actually. Mm. Um, I wish I was a little bit more prolific. I'm starting to be a little more, uh, and I, I'm trying to to make more art instead of constantly trying to push what I have, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, you spend a lot of time marketing and social media and all that stuff. And I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot to make some art. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so yeah, because of that, I think sometimes when I'm making some new art and maybe I'll break out of some of my boundaries and, and, do something a little different and scrape away at the paint and come up with a cool idea. And then I'm like, Oh, I, I really kind of like this one. I'm not ready to get rid of it yet. Uh, okay. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. But 
It's a, it's, not, it's a mix. It's not uncommon though. That's not uncommon. For no, it's I, not. Well, that's why I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Honestly, I'm fascinated by it because I've given away almost every art I've ever done. Cause like, I just don't even like, I don't have any attachment to my artwork. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, hmm. now I'm selling it. Like I realize, like, Oh, I should make money off of this. But I mean, I just been like making art and giving away art for the duration of my life. Dummy. And so it's, yeah, it is dummy. <laughs> but, but the point that I'm making is, is like, I don't, so I don't like, I'm fascinated by people that are really attached to the things like that and not in a, any judgmental way, but it fascinates me because I'm not. And so, you know, I'm always curious, like, Hmm, what is that drive? You know, like, I wonder what that's like, you know, what that would feel like. Cause I don't feel that way. Like I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I don't give it a ton of thought. I, I think it's just, um, you know, you do a piece and you're kind of like, ah, I like the way this turned out. I, I kind of like looking at this and going, wow, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good. You know, I right. like this. This is, mm -hmm. uh, this was fun, right you know, and it's not a, it's not a total like ego trip, but it's, it's a reminder of how much I enjoy the process. And, um, just looking back at even older pieces and I'm just like, that was a, that was a neat one. I had a cool idea at that right. time. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I do know a lot of artists that <clears throat> really like to ha have trouble selling. It seems like maybe it's a 50 50 thing generally. I've, I've heard artists that kind of either want to sell them or kind of kind of want to hang on. I know Michael Husser. I don't know. Do you, you know Michael Husser, the painter? I know his work. I don't know yeah, him personally. Yeah, he, I'm, he's really attached to like his signature pieces. I think he owns pretty much most of his stuff um that he's famous for and um uh gabe leonard owns a lot of his own work um i don't think it's because he's attached though because it's more like he said he he makes his money from prints more than originals i think but that could have changed at this point but um yeah i've always been kind of kind of like i, I just i want to get him out the door and sold so that i can just continue to paint you know and every once in a while, one will be like, I, I've got a few that I'm, uh, that I won't let go that because that you just have that attachment to them for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think part of it is like, you know, I've been doing this 30 years in one form or another. So it, it gets, it depends on how things are going. You know, if, if you're like, Oh, I'm going to get $5,000 from this painting. You're like, Oh, I'll let that go. I don't need it hanging around anymore. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> so often the, the returns on all your effort and, and stuff uh, is not that big. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it, that starts to weigh on you a little yeah, bit. And yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's part of it. I mean, that's true. Ideally what I'd like to be doing is, is creating art and leveraging it. Like you said, selling prints and merchandise and things like that and keep the original. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, that's sort of the ultimate really is creating a piece of artwork and then making money from the, you know, prints and modify it. Yeah. Commodify it and then hang on to the original. And then after, you know, if you've got the original for like 10 years, then it's probably going to be worth more than you would have sold it at the time. You know, right. it, might, it might actually be worth what it's really worth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause exactly. It, yeah. It really, yeah. I mean, if you look at the time we put into these things, we're not, our we'll see now that, hourly that, rates that pretty angle, low. like that's a business angle. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I get that. Like I keep, that makes sense to me because that makes fiscal sense. You know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, okay. I see why that makes sense. You know, but yeah. I mean the attachment to the art is like, 
again, that's what's so fascinating. It's just fun to listen to you guys talk about it to me anyway, because it's, I just have a very different perspective on it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think if you're going to try and make a living with, with your art as an artist, you do, you really have to think about the business side of it as well. Definitely. And I think many of us are, uh, I'm actually pretty good at it. I, I don't know if I'm succeeding financially with my knowledge, <laughs> but, uh, I, I do have kind of a, a little bit more of an entrepreneurial look at it. And I think a lot more artists are are getting that way with influences from you, Chet, quite a bit now, especially in the dark art arena. Mm. Uh, Pete Morbacher and uh, Sam Flegel with their uh, One Fantastic Week have been really great at fostering the business side of art and teaching mm -hmm. young up-and-coming artists how to think that way and do cons and things like that. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, that's just fantastic uh, to see that kind of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. I think for for so many years, I know a lot of people who who believe this. It's like the 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 artist uh, archetype was they don't know business. They're just these passionate beings. They're locked away in their studio, speaking with the gods and creating magical <laughs> artwork and money means nothing to them. And they just don't care about anything other than making the art. And, you know, it's like, right. you know, and, and the reality is anybody who's making a living at it uh, enough to be able to afford to, to do that is, you know, is, kind of uh has has uh you know taken on the responsibility of self-promotion and all the business stuff that none of us really want to do you know but I, I'm, right. I'm with you though i'm with you i, I definitely like I, I learned to love it i learned to love the business side of it and the entrepreneurial aspect of it and um now now that once i've got past that little hurdle it became easier to to make a living basically you know, just you gotta, yeah. you gotta accept it. <laughs> you just gotta accept it and move on, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. And it's good that you've embraced it and, and enjoy it. I, I kind of enjoy it too. I, mm -hmm. uh, probably about three or four years ago, I started learning a little bit about internet marketing from guys who are like internet marketing webinars and mm. completely smart, other yeah. than art. Yeah. It's yeah. smart. Yeah. They, they will know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I was learning a lot. And so I, I was like starting to apply a lot of this stuff. But again, it was like, I, I look at my good friend, Mark Nelson, and he is just a machine. He makes art like nobody's business, incredible art so much at a time. And, you know, I go, well, yeah, here I, I, I learned about marketing, but I'm not making the art right. and I need to, to you know, switch that balance and keep pushing, making new pieces and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, by, by learning kind of the marketing side, I got really excited about it as well. Like the idea of, Hey, I can apply these principles, hopefully to how to sell art online. Uh, and I, I know that's what you're doing. And it's good for a lot of us artists to do it, but you gotta, you gotta mix it up because uh, yeah, yeah. conventions, you know, you haven't forsaken conventions and as much work as they are, they're really great because you get to interact with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. Really? Yeah. You know? It's huge. 
This guy's it's great. Huge. Mark Nelson's awesome. I'm just checking his workout. It's really good. Oh God. Oh yeah. Mark's incredible. Actually, it's funny because he was my professor at college. Oh, wow. And uh, he's a comic book artist as well. And I wanted to do comics. So I, I was studying under him and uh, we'd be, we've been friends for, you know, 30 years and, oh, cool. uh, yeah, he's a sweetheart and an amazing artist, super prolific. Yeah. If you follow him on Facebook, like every day, it's really? like, he puts, <laughs> yeah, he's just putting out a mask. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The, the, my problem with marketing is not even the marketing aspect of it. Like I said, I learned to learn to love it sort of, and learned how to do it and, and it becomes fun. You know, it's, it, it's not as fun when you don't know what you're doing and you feel all insecure about it. But once you learn how to do it, it becomes a little more enjoyable, but my issue is the balancing act part of it. You know, it's like, okay, if I was just painting, of course that would be the best thing. If I was only painting and wasn't dealing with anything and I, that's all I had to do, of course, but that's, yeah. not, you know, one, one tenth of 1% of the art population. But um, just having to do deal with both of them is, is what's hard. And uh, if I only had to deal with, you know, the business stuff for a period of time that would be fine too but i have to you know it's usually for me it's like the first half of the day is all business and then the second half of the day into the evening is artwork and that just kind of worked that way i don't know why just i never planned it but i don't know right right and it but it's draining uh yeah, you know to be constant awesome. constantly pushing yeah yeah uh, it, and like you said like if, if you sold a painting and you came home with fifteen thousand dollars and then said, I'm going to take two weeks and push my marketing agenda. Great. You know, <laughs> but it, it's constantly driving. And, and that's sometimes that's our lot for a while. And yeah. until you could build it up or, or get smarter about things. Um, sometimes it's, it's just about taking a chance. Like uh, years ago, I had actually hired a young student to kind of be an assistant for me oh, nice. and help uh, do some research. I was trying to. Uh, I was doing some concept design stuff uh, for video games and a little bit for movies. I was trying to get into the movie biz a little bit more. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was having this, this gal do a lot of research and I, I'd send her out there and say, well, I, you know, find out who was the art director on this, this, in this movie. And so she would, you know, do a little bit of research for me and, and um, then I could spend time, making putting samples together making art and figuring out where i want to try and find work mm -hmm. and some the thing is is even now i'm i struggle with it the idea that sometimes you have to just take a chance and say well if i spend a little bit of extra money on an assistant that might make me my business grow a little bit, and then it's an expense that's not even going to cost me that much. Right. But it's it's taking that leap. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It takes money to make money. That whole thing. It's it's really true. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I just you know, I ha I was working with somebody for a number of years recently, and now it's been since October that I stopped working with them, and. The job I was doing, you know, when I look back at it, it's like it took more time and energy to do than it was actually paying me back. You know, when I really look at it, and you know, you you can't break some of that stuff down. Some of it is it's very obvious the resource and basically the you know that division of labor. But a lot of it was like realizing, wow, I'm putting a lot of energy and time into this, even when I'm not doing it. That is, 
you know, ultimately usurping my ability to be productive in other ways. And so even though it was terrifying to quit doing that work and not be involved in with that anymore and just take on the stuff I was already doing, but take it on full time, it was still like that realization of like, wow, I have a, I do have more time now. I mean, I'm not making any more money, certainly. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm really, even though I'm making less money, I have more time and I'm, I'm more well balanced. And so there's, you know, that give and take sometimes isn't something that is just dollars. And, and so I think that is, it's really important because, you know, even chat, chat could use an assistant, you know, and yeah. there are a lot of people out there that I work with who commission me for periods of time to work for them. And they really could use a full-time person, but they just can't really afford it. You know, they can only afford it kind of project to project. And yeah. it's unfortunate because they would be so much more productive if they could, you know, afford it. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's that weird. There's, it's a weird, awkward growth stage that you get in where you're, you know, making enough to be too busy, but not making enough to have a full-time assistant, you know? So you just got to kind of push through and, suffer that's all there is to it <laughs> well hey. i mean what what mike said though i mean that really is important we don't always look at it we just kind of grind through and and go well this is the way it is right but uh i was kind of doing that you know i love doing fantasy illustration and uh you know the gaming industry is fantastic uh, you know i did pretty okay in it but just because it's not that massive of an industry the rates aren't that good yeah so i i started and nowadays the the level of skill of all the people in the industry is so high and what they expect in a single illustration is the level is so high that when i started you know i i would do a painting and go this is taking me so long to reach that level of finish that i know i can do easily but when you break it down, it was like, it'd be honest to God. It was like McDonald's wages. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, and I'm going, why the hell am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I love it. You love it. And you're thinking, okay, well it's, it's, it's a guaranteed money coming in. So I, you know, I still do illustrations and mm -hmm. I uh, pick my projects and stuff, which is great, but that's, that's the great thing about being a fine artist or doing your own thing. And, pushing into that arena because you can explore your own ideas more and put it out there and find an audience for it or hope that people are responding to it. Yeah. And you're not, you're not being art directed. Yeah. That's the, that's the best. And also, you know, the, the, the fine art, the way I see it, the, the making it as a fine artist kind of thing is unless you're really lucky for some reason, you get in on the ground floor of some, trend or something it's it's making good money as a fine artist is gonna it's like a long-term goal like i remember um when i first started showing at copro i know i've said this before but i remember gary at copro telling me that yeah it's gonna be about 10 years before you make you know you kind of get to a point where you like have made it and um and and he was really right because it was right around 10 years that i kind of I've moved into a new level to where I was able to really sustain my my career my my life with uh you know I've selling enough and making enough money to be able to really do this and um but you know it's as far as total financial freedom that may never happen and if it does it's you know it's still years away so it's like you know it's probably going to be if I'm lucky maybe 20 years in 
you know, maybe I'm in my sixties or something seriously to where it's like you get a chill. So, uh, I mean, I'm open to it happening sooner for sure. But, um, cause you know, you can't predict these things, but it's, you gotta, you gotta have the long, the, the long view. You gotta take the long view when you're a fine artist, I think, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's like anything else, you know, like actors, I think about a lot of times we, we have someone that's in the family who's an actress and you know people know her name she's well known but she's certainly not you know a, a millionaire she's not a julia roberts right. yeah but yeah. she's a working actress that works all the time who is she makes good money what's her I name know. i don't i forgot her name oh, okay <laughs> yeah no a lot of them i know a lot of actors like that that you yeah. know they, they they're like kind of like us in a way they make decent money for short periods of time and then they don't work for a lot of time and it's like, you know, they're not like kicking it in, in Beverly Hills necessarily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, like you said, it's just doing what you're, you love, what you're passionate about and sticking to it. I mean, perseverance is everything. Yeah. It's the arts for sure. And most arenas, uh, part of, part of the problem I think with what we do is, so many people respond to art and have a passion for it, but it's not like something you need. Like yeah. I'm selling services on how to buy a mortgage or right. save on your taxes, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a luxury it, item. Yeah. It's kind of a luxury item or, Hey, if I have some extra money, I'll do it. Right. Or I have so much fucking money that the drop <laughs> 10 grand is not a, is nothing. Right. So it's, it's a strange arena to try and make a living in and, and navigate, uh, and, and find your niche and, and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. And it's, it, you know, the $10,000 people are, there's not a lot of the people that have dropped 10 grand, at least that, you know, no. that I know. No. Well, <laughs> and the long view, I mean, I can relate to the long view in kind of a different way because you guys have both been working artists ever since you started. You know, I, I went to school and, and wrote a degree for myself so that I could do eventually what it is that I'm doing now. But there wasn't going to be an immediate job for me after I got out of school unless I wanted to just go sell off all my time to do that. So it was like, well, I'm going to compromise. I'm going to do shit I wouldn't really want to do in order to be able to do this other thing. So I bought myself 12 years to write books and screenplays and did a job that I really didn't care that much about, but I learned a lot in the process of doing that. And I think it's the same thing, whether you're working in the film industry, you know, or you're doing Tom, you're doing illustrations on the side. You know, the thing is you have to be willing to do the stuff to get yourself to that point in yeah, that gotta, long distance view. You know, you've got to put in the what, work. You got to do whatever it takes, but you got to believe in it too. I mean, you asked my wife who's been with, with me for 16, I guess of those years now, and never have I stopped believing in what I'm doing and never did any of those things not have a direct bearing on what it is that I'm overall doing. You know, I mean, it mm. wasn't like, oh, well, I'll just I'll do this cashier job because la di da. It's like this is going to afford me the time to write novels so that th these things can be in the bank so that later when I do this other work and make films then I'm already going to, you know, and it's all part of this mechanism that in our minds is this vision that we have. And if you stay true to that and you're willing to go through the ups and downs of it, you will manifest. It. That's the thing. You will. It just won't happen the way that you thought it would. So if you're OK with giving up on, on, you know, the way in which it happens, as long as you know that the thing will happen, then, you know, buy the ticket, take that ride. It's, it's exciting to say the least. 
Yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> exciting. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're totally I'm just kidding. Mike, I think you're totally right. And I never fault anybody for, you know, doing whatever they have to, to still make their art. And in fact, I, you know, I, I consider doing illustration jobs, a part-time job so that I could do the art I really want to do and, and anything else that I, I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's, and a lot of people do that. And, but if, that was a really healthy outlook on it. And if you could hold that, that idea that yes, whatever I'm doing here right now is feeding my, you know, desire to do my real art, quote unquote, then that's great. If it, you know, right. but it's tough, you yeah. know, it, cause it's very easy to just go, God, I hate fucking going to this job every day. And I wish I was doing my art or yeah, yeah, it is. So it's, it, it's, you hard, know, it's hard to stay the course for sure. Yeah. It's there. There are many times where I've been like, uh, even in very recent months where I've been like, man, you know what I'm having to go through right now to continue to hold a flame to this <laughs> is, is, is so intense yeah. that I, yeah, you know, and you ask that. Yeah. You have doubts. But the thing for is, sure. is that if you, yeah, you have tons of them and you're scared and you're anxious and you're nervous. But the reality, again, is that if you are going to be true to the vision, whatever that vision is for each of us as, you know, the idiosyncratic creatures we are, for me, I, you know, it's like, okay, you just got to keep doing it. You got to be willing to go through that horrible period or that great period, you know, and, and value them as such as just part of that journey to that ultimate vision. And that's hard. Like, like you were just saying, it's hard to maintain that in the face of adversity specifically. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not for, you know, it's not for wimps for sure. This path. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want let, uh, let's get back to you more specifically. Um, you how's your Patreon going? Yeah, uh, the Patreon's been awesome. Uh, it's great, right? right? A, I yeah, mean, it's, overall, it's, it's amazing. It's a great platform. Yeah. It's a great concept. Uh, I'm glad to see that people are starting to uh, understand what it's all about and that there are people that are just like, oh, yeah, I I would like to be part of an ongoing thing with an artist and their creativity. Yeah. Uh, Because I think initially, uh, especially people caught on to Kickstarter and they're like, okay, I'm kind of prepaying i'm helping fund to to get this thing made so i could have it in my hand mm-hmm. so that was that's kind of like one level but then the patreon is hey i i could be in there a little deeper be involved in the process and uh also get some neat stuff mm-hmm. but i i and at the same time it's it's a real joy to me to be able to help prop up a creative person whose work I love and be, uh, be a patron of theirs and, and help them continue on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I'm following, uh, you know, I, I support some, some other artists too in the Patreon, which I love. And I support you guys on the dark, dark art society. Well, we support you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. You know, like I, I always say, I give anybody I know, at least a dollar a month, you know, that's why I've got, I got a ton of people I'm following. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not just a, it's, it's a way to support each other as well as a way to be supported. You know, it's really, it is really a great platform and, and it's, it's just, uh, it's cool having those people also. That's like, they're the ones that are willing to actually shell out a little bit of money to be more involved 
you know, so, you know, they're really, right. inve really invested in what you're doing. Um, right. When, you know, on social media where it's free, there's always, you know, it's free. So there's like a little bit less value placed on things because you can get it for free anyway. You know what I mean? So it's nice to have that commitment from people, but, um, uh, yeah, your Patreon's great. I'm glad you're on there. We kind of started around the same time, I think, right? We did. Yeah. 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 So it's, you're putting out great stuff. It's Tom Baxa art, right? Patreon. No, oh. it's, it's Patreon slash Baxa art. Okay. Baxa art. Sorry. And that's okay. And that's pretty much my moniker on everything. It's B-A-X-A-A-R-T. So like Facebook slash Baxa art. Twitter slash backs art, Instagram slash backs art. Cool. So, and my, while we're talking about it, my website is backsaart.com. Oh. <laughs> I'm working, working on my branding, obviously. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, we'll put yeah. link, links to everything in the description as well. Uh, Sounds so where are you from? Well, I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I moved to California in about 2000 oh. i came out here i was i took a staff job at a video game company and uh that prompted the move uh it was it was really a, uh, an amazing time for me and, and a big step i mean our family didn't do a lot of traveling i had never lived anywhere but right. in illinois uh and i went to school at a state school in illinois all good stuff you know yeah but uh, I, I was just like, you know what, I, I want to try something different. And it was really kind of a big leap of faith for me. I had a job, you know, which made a big difference, right? obviously. Uh, but once I got out here, uh, you know, I just love it here and, uh, you know, the weather and the, the activity and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things, and I, I don't know, you grew up in California, Chet? Yeah, in San Pedro. Which is oh, kind of right. like, you know, a, it's like a weird because it's way at the end. It's like in the South Bay and it's kind of outside of everything, really. You have to sort of drive at least 20 minutes to get anywhere else. So it's mm. definitely got that kind of a small town vibe in a way. Like people usually stay, people from Pedro usually stay there. So it was kind of me leaving, even though it was, you know, only an hour or 45 minutes away. It was kind of like that for me too, you know, getting out of the, the hometown and, and branching out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, one of the things, and I don't know if you experienced this when you were, uh, you know, more in LA and, and in the film industry, what I started to notice out here compared to back in Illinois, back in Illinois was a little bit more, you raise your family, mm. you find a career or a job and you stay in it. Yeah, much as you can, and nothing wrong with that. Family yeah. is awesome, uh, and you, you kind of you stick around, uh, you stay around your family because now mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have grandkids, so you right. stay in one place. Yeah. Well, out here it's different because you meet so many people that are transplants. Yeah. And and the thing that I loved the most, whether or not I'm all that involved in it or not, is almost everybody is kind of trying to make something happen. Yeah, There's a lot yeah, of, it's true. Yeah. A lot of people are driven. Uh, they're, they're trying to, uh, create a life they, that they're passionate about. 
they're trying to c- build a business, mm-hmm. uh, connect into the entertainment industry or something. So it feels like there's a lot of kind of energy or, or people want to collaborate or, hey, what are you doing? Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could, you know, so that was kind of a, a, an exciting awakening for me. Just And maybe it was that time for me and I was drawing it in. And being more open to that, and so you know, more of that's coming into my my area, my arena. Mm-hmm. I think it's true. Uh, I think it's true in L.A. Especially, you know, it's it's everyone's got a project, and and it's actually it's really great. Um, I think as an artist, especially you know, doing the kind of art that we're doing, it's it's the best place in the world really to be if if you're you know if you want to have a career because there's just shows every weekend amazing shows and all kinds of activities related around art, you know? So it's, yeah. and you know, it's, it's just, I, I, it's better than New York. I think, I think, you know, New York kind of used to be the art place to be in the United States, the kind of the biggest place, but I think it's, it's better now because of the whole lowbrow scene kind of started that ball rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's amazing that there's so much opportunity for dark art and lowbrow mm-hmm. and outsider art here in LA, uh, and it's really wonderful. Yeah, um, it's great. And you know, I mean, the fact that there's Hyena Gallery and Capro and mm-hmm. Hive and uh, you know, uh, what's the one in uh, Dark Art Emporium? Yeah, in Long Beach. And yep. you know, it's just that's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. I never thought I'd yeah. live to see the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm really excited. I want to tell you guys, uh, I think I, I mentioned it to you, Chet, but I have a, a big show coming up at Hive Gallery oh, yeah. this week. This weekend is the opening. Oh, okay. oh cool. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's that's why we coordinated this. This is uh, Nathan Cartwright's gallery. Do you know Nathan? Well, yeah, I've uh, been in a couple group shows there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Nathan, I've had like, Nathan's a cool guy. Yeah, he's really nice guy and and totally open and flexible. Really mm-hmm. been been a great experience, and um, he was pretty open to letting me kind of hang what I wanted. And so, um, it's sa- I'm Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, June 9th, uh, over at Hive Gallery, and it's downtown Los Angeles. You guys can look at their website, hivegallery.com. Yeah, it's an awesome gallery. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, Mike went there and shot some stuff for the documentary. Oh, cool. Yeah, Nathan just showed me all over. It was great. I mean, I was like on my weird, you know, run around kick thing, but Nathan and I actually got caught in that gigantic structure fire that was going on while we were, I was interviewing him. So that was quite what? an experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, all, that's an aside. We won't go down that path because I want to keep this about you, but yeah, I'll have to tell that one on the podcast. I, me- I remember one, one cool thing uh, at the hive that I saw was a big ass like a New York size rat run across the street. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice. That's downtown LA for you. Yeah, authentic. It's getting nice down there now though. They're really, it's pretty amazing. The, 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 uh, the way it's turned around in downtown LA. I mean, yeah, man, when I was true. growing up, it was, it's still, there's some scary areas, but it's really nice now in certain areas. And, uh, man, I remember I got lost there with a friend of mine when we were like 14 years old and it was like, turn the wrong Ooh. corner and you're like in another on another planet mad yeah. mad max world but anyway so okay i want to ask you something 
You did comic sure. books. You did inking. Yeah. How does that pay? Isn't that, that isn't that like the pay terrible? Inking comic books. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, when I was getting in the biz, it, it's like anything else. I you know you you often start. You don't always hit the big boys right away. Uh-huh. So yes, I was making ten dollars a page, which was total wow. Garbage. It would take you, you. What you wanted to do generally, you still want to do is ink about two pages a day. Uh huh. Okay. So I was straight out of college. <laughs> yeah, it was a freaking nightmare, you know. But you you figure, okay, I'm I'm paying my dues. I'm yeah. at least I'm working and I'm improving my line. You know, I'm getting better by just constant practice. Yeah. And then now, now I'll have a new sample to show, uh, uh, you know, someone else and try and get a, a bigger, better inking opportunity. Um, at that time, Marvel and DC were, was paying like about 50 to a hundred bucks a page mm-hmm. on just kind of an average title. Um, so, you know, if you can keep up a clip, you couldn't make a living. That was then. Right. Now comics are in the shit or just like the music industry. And right. just, so it's, it's a really hard road. And, and I think most people are inking digitally and uh, I, I'm not connected much with the industry. So I, I don't know, but um, you know, I, I know Mark Nelson still does comics and he'll uh, pencil and ink them himself. And hmm. it's, it's tough to get, like Mike said earlier, in all the things we do, it's so hard to get paid what it's truly yeah. valued at. Yeah. Um, Anything in so the arts. Ca- and yeah. So comics is a really tough road. And when I first started, I that's what I wanted to do for a living as a inker first and then a penciler. And I realized very quickly the tremendous amount of work that goes into a comic book people just you know it was yeah. always looked, looked at as a as a low art form and people do not realize you got to be able to draw buildings and cars and gun- yeah it's crazy people. oh my god and you know yeah well, every month Frazetta used to do he was a comic artist you know that's i think part of why he was able to not use a lot of reference in his paintings because yeah. you know he did um, some of that old comic stuff he was doing in the 50s and 60s is amazing oh yeah amazing amazing god i remember there's this one in one of the books there's a a a section of a comic that he did with a kid running there's like a horse in a uh like in a lake like a horse is trapped in a lake or something Mm. in the water and this little kid is running towards it and oh my, the perspective is so good. It's so simple and it's so well done. And then there's a, another one of the kid, the horse coming out of the water after he rescues the horse and he's holding on to the, the horse's tail. You know, I'm, I'm describing it really badly, but it's so amazing. It's like, it's just the line work and the anatomy. And it's like, nice. you know, he just whipped that out of his mind because those guys, you know, back then, especially they, you know, I guess it's true now, but you, you know, you, there's a there's some comics nowadays that where the the art isn't great, but it seemed like back then they really had to know their their they really had to have their art skills in order, you know. 
It was kind oh, of yeah. expected of them back then, just with, like you say, all kinds of art instruction books and stuff like that from the 50s and 60s. It's like you could tell those dudes really knew what they were doing. Really, oh, absolutely. Really yeah. educated. Yeah. You know? So, okay. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, since I kind of came up on comic books and that was my main uh, kind of art influence, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Sienkiewicz was probably my biggest influence. Yeah, he's amazing. He is just amazing. And um, and I, I started realizing later that he was drawing from a lot of people before him and mm-hmm. from some different industries like the... Um, uh, advertising mm. stuff like Bob Peak and things like that. But as a young artist coming up, I was just really drawn to his ballsiness mm. in the way he drew. And, and uh, I, I'm continually trying to get back to that place of just being bold with, with my, the way I attack the canvas. And no, it look, uh, your stuff looks bold as hell. Uh, i I would describe it as bold (laughs) thank you Uh, all kinds of awesome crazy zombies and just i love the stuff you paint it's it's you know it's so much fun i just love that stuff thank you you. i I, I love that aspect of illustration that i i I love that illustration is beginning to be taken seriously now and and you know it's part of fine art because it always should have because it's so much better than a lot of fine art actually totally. you know oh yeah there's so much good stuff uh and it, it, yeah it's great that it's it's getting appreciated more and more and i think it's you know a lot due to social media and mm. things getting out there and just like all our industries and uh but there's some people that have really you know have tried to elevate the art form mm-hmm. uh, like pat pat wilshire who runs a luxcon mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah uh, you yeah. know He's been amazing in uh, trying to get illustrators to be appreciated yeah. uh, as fine artists, as they are. They're uh, like the best painters. That's the funny. Well, not everyone, of course, but, you know, sure. they're, 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 they're as good as the best painters in traditional fine art. If, oh, yeah. You know, and a lot of yeah. times better. They're, they're yeah. amazing because it's, you know, they, they've got a crank stuff out every day especially the commercial illustrators you know you really get your chops on working in the field and having having to having to make it happen every time you know yeah yeah but you know it's funny because i'm uh i'm doing more new work and i was i just watched the uh your your documentary guys and by the way mike i want to say you really did an amazing job Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I wish I had seen it sooner, uh, but I'm glad I I got to see it before I talked to you guys. Oh, cool. uh, It it made me think, Chad, about like what that that kind of elusive something that's in your work that you're imbuing because you're you're really focusing on some of your feelings and things that have a little more depth. Mm. And and it's coming through whether you're trying to send a message or not. It's it's kind of coming through in the fans of your work. It, it's speaking to people, mm. and it, it started to make me really think more about my work. In that, 
it still feels a little on the illustration mm. side. Like it, it's a little, it has a little less meaning to right. it. Right. Right. Emotion, and, maybe a little, you know, it's more like, it's more like getting that kind of visceral. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it is. I think it's emotion. And it's also kind of like the, the mysterious thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think mystery is a great word. Um, I, I think I, what I've focused on a lot is creating some emotive response with either like a cool, creepy idea or right. character design, or I've always focused on like mark making and energy mm-hmm. and kind of creating dynamic compositions where there's right. this, the sense of movement. So you feel yeah. like this action and thrust. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so I mean that those kind of um, let for lack of a better word, like technical approaches can create a lot of that kind of emotional response. But it's what's might be missing more is like kind of that human connection that's a little bit more about the things we all struggle with as human beings and, and can connect with. And I'm starting to think when I do my writing, I'm working on my novel and, uh, I think about that all the time, Mm -hmm. like the theme, the themes of my novel. Um, and I'm really making an effort to make it, uh, a literary work first and a zombie novel second. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I need to, I think, pull that into my own work a little bit more. And, and that's the cool thing about being an artist and connecting and, and appreciating other artists like yourself. And because then you start to question your own work and that's how you grow. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well, mm-hmm. that's cool. Cool. Cool of you to say, I, I think that, you know, uh, that's, it's funny because, okay. On the, on, on one end, you've got purely technical illustration. And then on the other end, you've got crazy expressive, like, you know, abstract or whatever in the big blue chip, mm-hmm. crazy craziness where it's just pure blah, whatever. And, right. um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that the most powerful place to be is in between the two sort of where it's like, you're, you're, you know, you can't to me, at least I think personally, that you can't, you have to know the technical stuff to be able to express the weird, mysterious thing. You know, a lot of people want to express the weird thing, but they don't have the skills to do it yet. You know, so that's why I'm always pushing you know, all the stuff that you know, which is, you know, perspective and composition and action and stuff like that. Because without mm-hmm. that stuff, you can't express the thing, the, the thing thing properly, you know? So, so, uh, you know, I, I think that's, it's cool to hear. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love and appreciate your work anyway, but, uh, I'm curious to see if, if that will, if that, uh, approach will see how that will develop with your work, you know? Yeah. Thanks. Me too. (laughs) It's really, it's really hard to break your own habits. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the thing about, you know, they say that there's one school of, of thought that's like art school ruins you because it teaches you all this technical stuff and you get trapped in it. But, you know, I think it's like, you know, you can get 
it's better to know that stuff than to not for sure, you know, and, and it's, I'd rather have the problem of having to break out of that than having to learn all of that stuff. You know, it's a lot easier to unlearn stuff than it is to learn stuff in a way, I think, at least when it comes to art making, you know what I mean? I I think I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I would agree in one respect, if you're trying to say something or you have it in your head and you want to express it a certain way, but you don't have the technical ability to pull it off, mm-hmm. you're going to be, fr- you're going to be frustrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the works, or the work's not going to come across. Right. So there's that. And then there's, um, the idea of, yeah, if you, uh, I lost my train of thought. I, I, no, I, I, <laughs> I do that at least, I do it at least once every episode. Um, <laughs> usually more, but yeah. But, I, I, oh no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. But I also do think that, uh, there's something to be said for creating art kind of in a vacuum where you're just, you know, the whole lowbrow movement, uh, you know, a, a lot of artists may not have a technical prowess or have those, uh, traditional skills yet very much because of that, there's, uh, something exquisite about their line or the way they put something down or the distortion in the figure that they, they aren't trying to do, but can't help do, but it's, it's beautiful and really comes across. So there's, you know, it's a real, it's a real mix. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what happened for me and a lot of illustrators is, or, or any field you get into, the industry and you, you have to kind of make the work that molds to the expectations of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And the art director and, and, and the art director and, and what's expected. And then you do a piece or two that's let's say kind of tightly rendered. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next job you get, you can't do something totally loose and splashy because they're going to be like, wait a minute, that's not what you do. That's not what we hired you for. Right. You know, so you get kind of caught into this level of um, the type of work you make and you continue to kind of make that you grow in, in small ways and still stay in the kind confines of what's expected. And I think that what I found is you're like, okay, it's the weekend. I'm just going to go nuts. And do a painting that's totally, you know, uh-huh. loose and, and, and free and you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't turn on a dime like that. Right. You think you can, but right. you, yeah, you can't. I, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying. I've definitely been there before for sure. Especially when I was first kind of starting painting, you know, cause I, cause I did try some more abstract stuff in it and it really sucked. And I remember being very frustrated that I didn't have the, the freedom to let go, you know, yeah. And I think it's, yeah. I think a lot of it though, is allow, you know, just flexing those muscles and letting yourself not, you know, do doing a bunch of work that doesn't, you're, you're not worried about showing anybody experimentation, you know? Yes. And absolutely. It, cause, cause that, the, 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 the mystery thing, um, is, is really, uh, fucking dog. No, no. Hold on one second. You know what I wanted to say, though, along the lines of the mystery that you just brought up, the idea that uh, I I don't at at this stage of my life, I don't think I want to like 
let me really delve into my pain so I can make better art. Mm. You know, I, 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 I don't know if that's the solution for me anyways. Uh, but, if I'm feel if I'm feeling it naturally and it's yeah. there for me. Yeah. And but, I want to express it or, or ex exercise those demons. That's one thing. Right. But to, to, if it's not coming naturally, well, or then it's phony, like, then it's phony. It's not real. And then it's not going to be good. <laughs> you know, well, uh, well, not that I don't mean take like a phony approach of let me do it, but I'm saying like going inward and saying, am I dealing with anything painful that might make a good painting and, and really get into it and go, you know, yeah, there are some feelings here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that's you know, the if way to go or not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the, it's so, such a weird thing. That whole yeah. thing you're talking about, the mystery, mm -hmm. mysterious, you can't put your finger on it type thing that everybody tries to get in their artwork, I think. And I think it's um, about, and and this is just as vague as the concept itself, but it's just it's it's about letting yourself, giving yourself over completely to the artwork, you know, and letting mm. the thing come out that wants to come out. And that's all you really have to do. And, you know, if, if that has you, you know, painting hot rods or right. hot chicks or whatever, it's, that's your thing that you're supposed to be doing. And you will find, right. you will find that magical thing within that context. You know, it's more like, like you make, it's, it's almost like you have to make this decision that I'm going to go all the way with what you have to look at it like the artwork is different than you which it isn't really because it's more like your inner self but you i think you have to really just give yourself to it and let yourself go there and and follow it rather than think about how am i going to do this it's more like not thinking about it in a weird way at least that's how it is for me that's that's how i get you know my results is by not thinking too much about it and really getting back. Like I always say, getting back to my, where I knew I was actually very like a pure artist and, and my most real, which is when I was a little kid drawing for the fun of it, you know? And so I always try and get back to that space. <clears throat> yeah. When it comes no, to the I, artwork. I think, I think you're so right. And that's, you know, like a, the truth of it and just being, being with it and being with the art and, and like you said, trusting, that what's coming out is okay and that's who mm -hmm. you are and you still want to go other places and it's okay to be where you're at yeah, and kind yeah. of tr trusting in that process and and it's tough um and it's it's counterintuitive to a lot of other industries and the way society talks about well you make a game plan then you be productive and you put right. it into place and you make it happen yeah uh, it's not like that no, no, it's, not, it's not like that so <laughs> you get conflicted and you have to remember and hold on to that truth and and i think you know like what happens for a lot of people artists that have been around for a while art in all disciplines is that you with some time you learn to trust that yeah, with some absolutely some successes or or good feelings about what's happening. You start to trust it more and more.
Yeah, yeah. And I, another thing I want I want to say is that I think you have to, you know, it sounds new agey and corny, but you sort of have to love yourself enough mm-hmm. to to trust what you're making. You know, you have to set, you have to kind of love yourself enough. I mean, in, in a good way, love yourself, like not, not in a narcissistic way, which isn't really love, but that's another, another story, but (laughs) you have to (laughs) like (laughs) love yourself or be in touch with your, your real self enough to like, uh, trust that what you have to say is worth, worth saying your inner thing, your inner thing. You can't put your finger on. You have to be like, you know, I am important and, and what I, what's inside of me is important. And so you have to, uh, uh, in order to trust that you have to kind of know that about yourself. You have to be open to believing in yourself in that kind of way. It's also weird because all this stuff is so loosey goosey and you can't like write it down. It's not a formula. It's so hard to talk about, but it's, but you talk to different artists and we're all like saying the same thing. And it's just so that's, but that's the nature of the thing is that you, yeah. you know, that's the paradox. Why that's why I always say, if you get, if you know, if you get to the point where you're talking paradox, you're <laughs> as close to God or great spirit or Allah or whatever right. you want to call it. You're as close to that as you can get. And you'll never talk your way any closer. You're just going to do, you know, semantic dances all right. around it. Cause you, it's the thing you can't actually talk yeah, about. That's like There's the, no, you know, it's, it's the unknowable, the, you know, the Tao, that's the whole thing about the Tao and the Tao right. Te Ching is uh, the whole religion of Taoism is about talking around the thing that you can't name. Yep. And, uh, and by talking around it and talking about what it is not, you, you get a sense of what it is because we can't fully, is, yeah. we can't fully understand it. So the only thing you can do is kind of understand it by talking around it, which is, which is just like the art thing. It's just like the magic it art, is. art thing. It, it's the same thing. It's God. It's the, the art spirit. It's, whatever you want to call it. It's whatever, that, yeah. that thing. You can't put your finger on the magic thing, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. You guys are so awesome. I, I would have never thought that there was so much depth of, of, uh, spiritual talk on a podcast with, with you guys, with some <laughs> artists. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Oh, cool. it really, yeah, it's very oh, cool. Thanks. And I think a lot of artists, connect with that and and feel that way and by it being in a more public forum and being talked about uh, just like dark art you know we we all start to um say yeah you know what i'm doing what i've always intuitively felt uh, there's nothing wrong with it i'm mm-hmm. on track this makes sense other people are feeling the same thing i'm feeling yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I absolutely. I think everybody's kind of thinking this stuff, you know, it's just once you hear someone else say it, maybe in a public forum or something, it's easier to, you know, express it, I think it in your I own think it's life. About accessibility though, too. Cause it's like, you know, it, it's you and I've talked chat before about the Bible and why the Bible isn't as an effective tool now is because it's not, it doesn't fit the times it's outdated. And so being outdated, it's not our language. It's not something that's accessible to us. We can't like, 
really glean it the way that we're going to glean off a conversation amongst people that are in a contemporary world talking about contemporary things. So the way it's packaged is very much part and parcel with how a person's able to digest it. And I think that, you know, the, the late sixties era kind of, you, you know, you've said a few things like, Oh, airy fairy or loosey goosey. I think a lot of that came from this, this overbalance in this direction of like, everything's light and love and peace and happiness. Yeah. The reality is when you look around the world, you see that it is not all in fact, light and love and peace and happiness, <laughs> that there's a balancing act and that the other half of that coin is harsh and predatory and hostile and violent mm -hmm. and ugly. And so I think again, that, you know, now, you know, you, when you and I talk, we talk with our interview subjects, we think about these things on our own. You know, we are packaging it in the words of the times and the feeling that has evolved now out of that realization of a greater sense of balance between those two forces that are seemingly separate yet inextricably bound. And I think that that whole dynamic, we're talking about it in accessible terms. And so there, you know, people aren't thinking, oh, well, what an airy fairy guru -y thing to say. It's more like, oh, I see what he means because, yeah, that, those are the words I use to describe it to myself, too. And so it becomes more accessible. And as it's more accessible, it becomes more contemporary. And so it kind of feeds itself in, mm. I think, the awareness of the overall culture as, as a larger group as well as a smaller group. Yeah. Yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Mike, always, always saying a mouthful. <laughs> nice, dude. Just right the clock. No, no, no. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I was just thinking about what you're saying and thinking about, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I have to say that at least my approach to the, the podcast has been the same as with the art, which is, you know, follow your nose. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Just do it fearlessly. And trust that it's all good and that you're kind of doing the right thing and don't, don't hold any pretenses and just be yourself and be real. And that's the right way to go. And so I, you know, I try and do that with the artwork and I try and do that with the podcast, you know, like it's not popular to say God or anything, you know, <laughs> nowadays, not what, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like atheism is kind of cool now. And it's like, I get atheism and stuff, but it's, but, you know, talking about spiritual things can really reflect poorly in, in a lot of circles nowadays. And there's a reason for that, which I get. But, um, you know, well, those are the circles we don't want to be in. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, I have great uh, sympathy for atheists because, you know, atheism is more of a reaction to religion being forced down people's throats for so long. I get it. I get yes, it. But yes. I still, regardless, that doesn't mean... You know, and right now I'll run the risk of sounding like an asshole. It doesn't mean that God is not real. And, you know, I've certainly felt firsthand experience with a thing called that people might call God and, um, and spirituality and is real, you know, it's real. And so. Well, this is how you, you are. It. I mean, again, like what you just said, this is how you are when you and I talk on the phone, yeah, whether we're on yeah, this yeah. podcast so or I'm not. Just, I, I was telling Joy earlier, I was like, this is the, e it's the easiest gig. The podcast is the easiest gig because all I have to do is just be myself. And that's the easiest thing there is to do. Right. I mean, really, like, it's not hard to be yourself. That's actually, it's hard yeah, to yeah. not be yourself. Yeah, exactly. and that's, so that's, the that's, thing. Why, that's why the, the podcast is fun, because it's like, I just get to come on here for, you know, however long and be myself, and people really enjoy it. Like, what could be more productive right, and yeah. positive feedback? You know? Yeah, it's so much, it's so much more work to have a persona and act a certain way and, you know, be a bullshitter and cover your yeah. ass and cover your tracks. It's like, why bother? 
Jesus, that's like way too much work for me. I'm too too lazy. I'm too, enough as it I'm too lazy to be that full of shit. You know? Well, I think that comes with wisdom and and some age and and yeah. experience because it's it's so tough. We we wear a lot of masks and uh, it's it's cool to hear you say. Uh, it, it's obvious that you're a very real and down to earth person, both you guys, and uh, it's great that you could be comfortable in that. And I think a lot of us uh, aren't, especially in our early years, uh, yeah. we're trying to figure out who we are and how to be. That's true. And you start, yeah. And you, uh, unfortunately, uh, you start to put on these, these masks t to fit into certain things. And, uh, you know, we don't all have the foundation of, you know, let's, talk about spiritual things and figure out what truth is on this planet and that we're right. all heart heart beings connecting right. even the atheists you know they're still connecting on a heart level right whether they want to talk about it that way or not yeah so, yeah yeah they just talk they talk about it through the model of quantum physics and then that makes it a lot easier to talk about the exact same thing because it's a different structure right. that's accessible to them it's packaged in a way that yeah, doesn't it makes, dogma, it makes sense and it's not to them. the it makes yeah, sense, so it's yeah. like oh okay but but it ain't no different than any of the other language we've used to doll up the thing to dance around it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think age is a, is a big part of it. Like you're, I think you're my age, right. Or around my age. Or yeah. I'm age. 52. Okay. Yeah. I'm 50. So that's, isn't that one great thing about getting old is that you stop giving, you really stop giving a fuck. Like when you're young, you pretend you don't give a fuck. And then when you get old, you really don't give a fuck. And then you realize all the old people that were like out of touch and that wore stupid clothes and listened to stupid music, you realized they were the cool ones because they really didn't give a fuck what you were doing. Absolutely. They don't give a yeah. shit what the, the new clothes are because the new clothes are bullshit to them because they're just like, yeah. it's all bullshit. <laughs> you know, they're close to the end and they're just like, fuck it. You know, I'm going to do what I'm into. <laughs> I know, but you know, yeah, it's so funny how we thought about mm -hmm. older people or or people who are, are are themselves, and you're just like that person's so fucked up; they don't know what they're doing, and they're so out of it. Yeah, and cool. And you're like, no, I'm the fucking idiot. I'm the one. Yep, I'm the one who's trying to act all cool and look all cool and pretend I'm like don't give a shit. And it's like it's it's just hilarious. Life is hilarious, yeah. man. It's like the older you get, to realize it's you, the more you realize it's like such a joke in the best sense of the word, you know, it's yeah. really a hu humorous thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. When you think about it, yeah, it's all, it's all folly. It's all folly. Yeah. yeah but it's, but it's the end of the but, day. We're, but it's great. We're all though. dead dancing, you know, it's awesome. <laughs> so. It's great. It's, it's fun. <laughs> yes. You know, that's the best ride I've ever tried. I mean, that I, that I can remember anyway, you know, memories, memories only just one little slice of the perceptual pie, but it's definitely the best one I'm aware of. Well, I'm I'm glad we we went in this direction. I mean, I think that the fact that Tom allowed it to go in this direction and you know speaks volumes about his character that he was just going with it and didn't you know maybe it didn't turn it all back to me <laughs> me 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 not that you know people do it but you know it's cool to just let let a conversation go and, and I think that's a cool thing about you. That's why why I like Tom. One of the reasons I like Tom so much and because he's so cool. So the best is when you get to the end and it feels like you're just sitting around chatting with your buddies. You yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. So thank I, yeah. I, yeah, you, you were great. And yeah, 
thank you for coming on. It was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it was really a, a nice experience. And uh, I, I, it was nice to connect with you guys on, on some of these other topics. And it, it's all the same topic. Yeah. Whether it's, it's art or life or relationships. And, and we're all constantly trying to figure it out and, and elevate ourselves spiritually. And, you know, that's, that's the greatest part of life. So it's, it's easy to go that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's all, it's all connected, but yeah. I, I'm really glad you guys had me on and, uh, I, I'm, I'm real excited. I, I hope, um, to keep connecting on the dark arts society, both on Facebook and Patreon yeah and uh yeah i I appreciate it yeah we're We're gonna put a link here in the end of the the description on this episode for your website so people can go over there and take a look at that and also for your handles on social media so if anybody that's listening wants to find tom and you weren't you weren't able to catch him saying that earlier head over to the description on soundcloud or on itunes and you can click on those links and check out his amazing artwork yeah we'll click on the we'll make the link for the show too because this show is opening saturday at the hive gallery ah yes and uh it's a really fun gallery and uh, you might get to see the big rats if you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, what else was I gonna say? Uh, I have to I have to mention my faux pas about the uh, oh, yeah. the, the iTunes thing. And I gotta so do the synesthesia episode, word of the week. Too. I have an editor's note. Editor's note. Last week I said that June first we would be 99 cents on iTunes for I Like to Paint Monsters. I made an error. It was my fault. It is in fact, June 5th. So by the time that this is airing, it will be 99 cents. So please do take an opportunity to go over there. Rent. I like to paint monsters. Chet Czar. I like to paint monsters for 99 cents on iTunes. Tell people that, you know, if you've seen it already, rent it again, this will help us to hopefully benefit from a month long promotion that could lead to the eventuality of ending up in places like Netflix. So again, 99 cents, check it out by definition. It's really fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. And if you get a chance, you can also do a rating or a review. And those also help us to move up the charts there on iTunes. Yeah. What he said. And also I wanted to do, I want to start doing the the synesthetic word, synesthesia word of the week. Now here it is. He hasn't even told me this one yet. Yeah. Well, I told you the word, but I didn't tell you the meaning. You told me, you told me crime last week. Tell him crime for last week since you missed last week. Okay. Crime tastes like um, vanilla ice cream. Very strongly going down your throat. It's just what it tastes like. And so the, the, the thing is, I think of these words all the time now, like every once in a while, I'll think of a word that I've been associated with the flavor my whole life. And then I'm 50 and I just thought I just had the full realization of what the flavor is. So right. Chet has synesthesia. Yeah, I have so, synesthesia. So what's the word for this week? Words, have, words and names have flavors. So the word of the week is wish. Wait. And, and that tastes like have you ever had a chicken spread sandwich you ever yeah. had chicken spread with the devil yeah. is like the little devil guy is on the yeah. label it's a chicken yeah. spread sandwich on white bread and it's also a tuna fish sandwich on white bread that's what wish tastes like what's well let me ask you real quick then what about the word star what does star taste like mm, it's not a really strong one hmm well, I thought we were, I was going to come up with like a whole meal, <laughs> a whole meal with wish upon a star. But yeah, a pond doesn't have a flavor. Star doesn't really have a flavor. I was just going to throw a pond out and just Sorry. go straight from wish, hey. you know, like chicken spread sandwich on, you know, crunchy bacon <laughs> or I don't know what it tastes like. <laughs> Evidently nothing. Okay, sorry. This is a new. 
which tastes like chicken spread sandwich on white bread or tuna fish on white bread. Yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing for me to admit these things, but this is the flavor. That's why he's doing it. Yeah, so um, I this is the, a new feature that we're going to do on the podcast. If it's, it's almost maybe not worth doing because it's so weird to crowbar something like this in at the ending, but we'll give it a shot. If you don't like it, we'll stop doing it. But we can um, do it at the beginning too. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's just stupid. All right, now we're just getting silly. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nick it, nick thank, <laughs> thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks, Once Tom. Again. It's been awesome, man. Really fun talking with you. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks, guys. Cool. Um, All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next Wednesday. Tune in for another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. And uh, you can support us at, did you see the Patreon thing? I didn't, but we can. Patreon.com forward slash Dark Art Society in order to become an official member of the Dark Art Society at $1 a month all the way up to, I believe we, the top set is $10 a month. And yeah, great rewards and things that you mentioned at the beginning. Free rolls on this podcast. So it's okay. okay. Do it. Thank you. All right. See you later, Tom. Bye, everybody. Did you say goodbye? Okay. Bye. <laughs>